Good morning. Uh, I'm here with Mike Patterson and Chris Lord of Intech Services. And uh, we're here because 2020 is a year of adaptation for so many of us and so many businesses. And like any strong business, Intech is following suit. Uh, so we're here to talk to you a little bit about that today. Um, new way of communicating with customers, with suppliers. So uh, my first question this morning is for you, Chris. Um, what kind of forms of communication have you used in the past when it came to reaching out, communicating, and staying in touch with your customers? But traditional forms of communication, Nick, were more around electronic. You know, we were sending out, e, you know, e-blasts, and you know, we were utilizing our blog and things like that. And uh, you know, a lot of that, you know, we're able to read, you know, response rates, who who read stuff, who opened things, who did click-throughs. Uh, but, you know, the only thing with that is it's kind of a one-way communication. You're not really sure of the response. Uh, the only, or one of the few benefits we see from it is, is uh, you know, some people save those, those communications and actually reach back out to us, uh, you know, based on that communication. It may be something completely different. Um, but, you know, that's how we were staying in front, and we were sending out a lot of educational pieces that way. Um, but, again, you know, you, you lose a little bit on, on the impact uh, that you have with just that one-way communication. No doubt. And the importance of providing education, I'm learning uh, every day how much goes into this business as far as education and research and how important that is, not just for your customers, for your, your sales team, your crew. Um, as far as making this adaptation, Mike, um, was it becoming fairly obvious that that newsletter and that print medium needed to change, at least for this moment? That's a good question. Uh, and it really, to me, wasn't obvious that we had to change it because, like, as Chris mentioned, our, our open rates and click-throughs are really high, uh, much higher than the industry average for e-marketing. So, <clears throat> excuse me, we are always pleased with that. But I think we just wanted to take it in a different direction because this was the time when we felt it was important to have a personal touch. During a time when we can't travel as much and we can't see our customers and our, our key suppliers and other people in the industry, we wanted to kind of change it up and put ourselves out in front of our audience more to, to have that personal connection, to, to not to take the place of travel, but to kind of fill the gap and also just communicate in a potentially more effective manner. We're, we're going to get to the, the inability to travel in a little bit, but as far as communicating more effectively. I, we There are some very real trends right now that can't be ignored and can't be dismissed where it seems like everyone you talk to has a general sense of reader fatigue. And that can be work-related content or you you know there's too many articles about the Phillies bullpen right now. There's something that, that people just kind of turn off and, and uh, um, I, I think it, the, the idea of doom scrolling and, and just reading so much, uh, this kind of communication is going to be much more effective. And it's a little bit more personal, um, as you spoke to. Um, Chris, do you see this format helping you kind of nurture and foster relationships since you can't hop on a plane? Uh, yeah, Nick, I, I do find the value in this, and, and Mike alluded to it a little bit uh, in his response about moving to this medium is the personal touch is, you know, people get to see us and get to see our personality, uh, you know, and I think that comes out, you know, those don't come out so much in, a, in an email. 
Um, so, you know, I, I do find this as an advantage uh, for Intech because I feel like, you know, we're a pretty well-tenured staff. I think we have a lot to offer, and I think our personalities uh, really do help us in those face-to-face -face types of interactions. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, that's, that's really been, been minimized right now. So um, it's just a way for us to be in front and know that, you know, we're still around. I'm still the same guy that you've been talking to for the last 11 years. And, uh, you know, and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But I'm really optimistic on how it's going to play out. Yeah, to kind of build on what Chris is saying, you know, I always look at it as business is personal. And a lot of our relationships and customers, we've had relationships with these people for decades. And so, um, you know, we really want to kind of add that personal touch back in and also take it to a level where it's beyond just words on a page and let people meet not just the author of a blog, but everyone in our organization. So as I think as we continue to do these videos, there's it's not just going to be Chris and I that are on the videos. You're going to have an opportunity to see everybody from the sales team to the business service team and everybody that's involved um, in the process of, of delivering Teflon information and products to our customer base and really kind of bring everybody into the folds. All right, since the, the theme of this is, you know, adaptation and going remote, I, I wanted to talk uh, just a bit about that because I think it's important. It's important uh, for the people that interact with you to understand what went into this as well. I want to go back uh, to March. Uh, that decision to kind of reshuffle the decks and restructure your day-to-day -day workforce, Mike, um, when I look at the calendar, it's been 157 days since that office has existed as a as a working kind of tandem of people that you've relied on for years and years. Um, you have an in-demand product, but but sometimes that's not good enough anymore. Uh, maybe that's not enough right now. You need to offer more. You're used to offering more to your customers and your suppliers. What went into this decision of going remote, and was it was there any fear involved in it? If we can be really honest. Yeah, it's that's a it's a great concept because there's a lot that goes into a decision, uh, especially one that drastically changes how we do business and how we operate internally. Um, anybody that knows me knows that I'm a huge proponent of culture and the power of culture and the power of being together and and working together as a as a community. And so when we were faced with the the COVID and the and the pandemic. There's two things that really struck me. One was how fast we had to make a decision because it, it came like zero to 60, like just like that. So that was really, really striking to me is, is there was not a lot of time to sit and think. We really had to make, make some decisions quickly. And secondly, it was hard to make the decisions because no one's been down this path before. There wasn't a blueprint for what to do in the case of a pandemic and to how to operate in the office to keep everybody safe and so many factors from the outside world in terms of how people were interacting their families and the potential risk that they're subjected to uh, either through older older parents or for young children or any number of different family dynamic that all had to weigh into it and so when we sat down as a, as a team the leadership team and said what are we going to do I mean it became very obvious very quickly that we had to make some drastic changes but it was difficult because I didn't want to undermine the power of everything that we've spent decades building which is our our team and so it was really came down to how do we keep everybody safe and how do we make it so that we're, we continue to be effective and continue to bring service and support to our customers i look and at to build uh, on that a little bit nick i mean i think sure you know thing. you look at 
you know, originally when we were doing this, you know, we have snow days here where we have to, you know, be able to, you know, be nimble and transition to a, a remote type of work environment. And, you know, when COVID started, I mean, you just mentioned 157 days we've been doing this. I mean, nobody thought it would ever be that long. Um, no. When we started this, we were thinking, you know, two or three weeks, maybe a month, uh, you know, we'll be at home and, and we'll be able to, to, to transition pretty easily. And we do have the infrastructure to do that. So, I mean, that, that decision was, was, was fairly easy for us. But, you know, there, there's a piece to our business of just being here and, you know, like cooler talk that, you know, Mike likes to talk about all the time where, you know, my office is right next to his. He hears my conversations. And if he hears something, you know, that that's, you know, strikes him or, or, you know, something that he wants to elaborate on more, he'll just walk over after my call and we'll talk about it more. We don't have that anymore. You know, uh, you know, it's it's him and I having to connect, you know, uh, you know, one on one and be like, hey, what's going on? You know, how are things you know going with the team? How are things going with you? Uh, and I think, you know, that that's kind of the transition you had to make was to start having that personal connection again just through the phone and not. You know, like, hey, even though we're, you know, 15, 20 miles from each other, you know, I'm not doing work in California. I'm not miles and miles away, and I'm never going to see Mike again until, you know, I hop on a plane. That's not the case. But, you know, that cooler talk and that office talk that we have, that dynamic, that's, that, that we feel that for sure. That, that's, that's definitely something that uh, uh, has hit us pretty hard. I'm you know, gonna, Chris mentioned Chris mentioned the snow days, and that's the other part of it. Something like a snow day, I know damn well people aren't working 100% on a snow day. People are messing around with their kids. They're doing, like, drinking with their neighbors. They're doing all that kind of <laughs> stuff on snow days. And you, like, cut that slack to people because I'm doing the same damn thing, right? So those you deal with, something like a, a pandemic that you don't know where the end is, th- then you have to be like, okay, so we're going to do this, but we still have to be effective and we still have to be delivering high you know, consistent workload. And so that was the challenge that we talked about. It was like, oh, so how are we going to do this where everybody's working at home and everybody has to be trusted that they're going to get their work done without us hanging over their shoulder? Because we don't, we don't micromanage. You know, that's just not how we operate. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so much that goes back to a point Chris made about just no one knew, right? I think it was it was kind of like a we had this kind of easy understanding between most of us. Like, man, if we just lock down for a month, we can get going again. And I, I don't think any of us would sit here thinking that September rolls around and we're still going to be in these roles. So there's a, there's a lot of fear of the unknown there. And if I can hang on that fear point for just a second longer... Um, I wanted to take something right off your website through your words. Uh, I wanted you to respond. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Chris. There's something that you you provide and you guys value internally. It's a it's a it's a cultural value at Intech where you you provide value that goes beyond the transaction. It's a hell of a lot to live up to when you can't be present every day. Is there like a fear you got to let go of where you say, yeah, I'm going to have so and so here in a certain day. I guarantee they've got the ability to get the job done. I mean, you've trained people, you've educated them that long, but there's still got to be a little bit of trepidation. Uh, it, maybe that's the better word than fear to go into that kind of scenario. Yeah, there's, there's fear going into this. And, 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 you know, part of it is, you know, how effective are people going to be, you know, from working from home? First time they've ever had to do that. And, uh, but, you know, there's a handoff as well, you know, and, and part of this you know, managing a remote sales team and making sure we're doing the things we're supposed to do is that, uh, you know, you, you've, you've done your job in, in, in building, you know, educating them and, 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 and making clear to them 
what the what the goal is and what their uh, you know daily uh, quotas or requirements are, what we expect out of you. And if there's a clear expectation, you know that handoff is uh, is not as hard. You know you don't feel like you know. I, my guys are just going to sit at home and hang out and, you know, watch TV and sit on Netflix. And, and uh, you know, we have a business to take care of here. And, and uh, it's a great business. Uh, you know, we, we've, we've really built something here. And I think we've been able to maintain it, uh, you know, even through COVID. Uh, I think, you know, our guys have, have actually grown as a part of it because you've got to let them wander off a little bit and you know financiers on their own and and one of the biggest things that 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 i've kind of gotten myself into now is creating routines for them you know this this is a routine now your former routine was to come in here every day you know you go you might have you know spend 20 minutes having a cup of coffee meeting with everybody you know find out what's going on in their lives and things like that and you kind of you know get into your day that's completely different now and you got to set up a new routine and and that little bit of structure may, just little things keeps you on point and keeps you you know going in the direction that you need to be going and that's that's really what i've been been driving towards is, is making sure my guys have have good solid routines so that they're taking care of the business the way that we expect them yeah that's that's a strong point chris and i think that's the internal part that we've really focused on and you know if you look at the the world the the business world out there and and our customers and the coding you know end of that world the amount of uncertainty coming at everyone is from every different angle is is overwhelming in a lot of times so we try to take as much of that out as we possibly can. So we want to can you know ha- not have people worry about their supply or if they can get an answer to a question because we've we've been consistent with that before and we want to continue to be consistent with that moving forward. So we re- really stress that with internally is that no drop off in service, no drop off in support and we want to continue to be that that steady eddy um, you know, resource for our customers. And so the first step in doing that is exactly what Chris was talking about, which is creating that routine and creating that consistency internally to allow us to project that externally. Yeah, routine, consistency, and and, and being able to, to, you know, allow that into your customers' lives a little bit. They're, they expect a person at the end of that phone. They expect the phone to actually be picked up and not to go to a phone bank. It's important to stay consistent and, and keep that confidence uh, in the consumer as well. Have you been Nick, able Nick, we to... have that, excuse me if I interrupt, we have that expectation with our internal customers as well, you know, yeah. meaning our own employees. You know, if, if I need something or Mike needs something, I'm communicating. I, I have an expectation. I'm going to get an answer within a specific amount of time because, you know, we're all, you know, we're all watching the fort. It's not just one guy, you know, overseeing everything. We all have our functions and, uh, you know, and we have the expectation that uh, our internal people are going to get back to us quickly as well. Internally, have you, uh, as far as checking in on your guys, uh, Chris, how have you been able to maintain the culture that they've come to know and appreciate over the course of time. I know you've, you, you've made some uh, adaptations and some shifts to try to allow for that. Well, you know, we, 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 uh, we included, uh, we have a check-in meeting, uh, once a week now, uh, and it's fairly informal. Uh, you know, Mike, uh, Chris, you know, all the sales guys, you know, Patrick, Steve and Tyler, myself, we're all on that call. And it's just a chance for us to all connect. It's a chance for us to talk about, you know, what's going on in their Teflon worlds and, uh, and you know, calls that they're having, opportunities, uh, you know, concerns, things like that. And it allows, uh, you know, every, everybody to, to, you know, have some input. 
um, but also gives them a chance to 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 talk to to, to Mike and talk to me and and uh, and 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 get comfortable with uh, you know presenting Teflon information. Some of our guys are relatively new, you know, and and you know we spent the last five six months you know not traveling, not really being together, and I think the bigger thing is us not seeing each other, you know. Uh, you know, Karen Arda has been here for 20 some years. I've been here 11 years. I came into work the other day and saw her and she had bought a new car and I didn't even know it. And I said, how long ago did you get that new car? She goes, two months ago. I haven't seen her in two months. This is a person I see every day. And that's like, yeah. I, I, that's, that's just the, the kind of the weirdness of COVID is, you know, you're not even seeing the people. I mean, I spend more time with people in here than I might spend with my wife. You know, so. you, know what's, you know what's kind of funny with that is there's there's a number of people in the office that are like the young guys that are engaged. They're like pushing weddings back. They're but people are buying houses, selling houses, buying cars. There's one person that's now expecting a baby and will probably have the baby before people are back in the office. So the, it's this whole, you know, life goes on and it's just a matter yeah. of how you adapt to it and kind of facilitate it and keep moving our agenda forward at Intech to allow for these different variables that are happening in life to, to continue to, to move forward. That's very well said. Yeah, and I if, think the um, things that we have set up here, Nick, ensures our success. I think we have a lot of good things here. Uh, you know, we, have, we had a great foundation to be able to transition to this COVID environment. And, uh, you know, and I think we've been success, really successful uh, in spite of, of COVID and all the things that it brings to the table. And one of the things, one of the messages I think that, you know, that we, we've delivered to our customers, you know, a lot of people were concerned about like, oh, my business is down, you know, and, and, and you know, some people got hit harder than others. Um, it's really a chance for us to, uh, you know, kind of look at what we're doing. Are we doing the right things? You know, revisit, you know, how we do marketing, which is what we're doing right now. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the industries that we're looking at. And what's funny is you end up becoming busier than ever. Because you're, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of having a, a you know, ch checking yourself, so to speak, yeah. uh, to make sure you're doing the right things and you're setting yourself up. So when we spin out of COVID, you know, we're, we're going to be able to hit the ground running. You know, I hate to use the term like that, but, you know, we, we should be able to. Um, and uh, and I, I fully believe that, uh, you know, once uh, things loosen up a little bit, we're, we're ready to fire on all cylinders for sure. And to wind up there, something that, that uh, was just said, uh, Chris, that I think more people need to hear. You, you mentioned something that not a lot of us are talking about, but I think we need to. Uh, I think it's important that adapting the way we've had has made us better. It's made us work at being better at our jobs in so many ways. So when we do come out of this, um, I think we're just going to be stronger top to bottom. Uh, in tech stronger top to bottom. I think people are going to be better uh, top to bottom, making smarter decisions, uh, supporting uh, their businesses with uh, with a conscientious uh, mind. So uh, it's a really good point you made, and I wanted to, to focus on that to give some sort of positive outlook in the midst of all this, uh, because we're about to return to something else that's just not there anymore, not available. Uh, we're living in a holding pattern in so many ways, but you're business, from what I understand, it, it's a very layman's understanding of it, but growth in your business happens traditionally uh, through things like walking a trade show floor uh, from networking. Those things aren't there. Um, how deep of a cut is that industry-wise, Mike, that you don't have that, that those opportunities available to you? Things like trade shows and networking were 
absolutely a, a big part of what we did to help grow the business. Um, in terms of understanding the industry, understanding understanding new industries, and, and and if there's a home for Teflon or if there's a need for Teflon in a in a industry, you know, kind of the really cool thing about Teflon world and the fluoropolymer world is there's old traditional industries that are 75 years old, and then there's new emerging industries that are just developing, and there's a home for Teflon in, in almost every industry out there. So we really try to avail ourselves to as much as we can about what's happening in these industries because things change in traditional industries and things develop in new industries. So we want to be, you know, be connected to what's happening out there. And the best way to do it is to go to industries, go to trade shows, go to you know, industry associations and gatherings and conferences and, and hear the pain points and meet the people who are dealing with uh, problems that perhaps Teflon can solve. So in lieu of that not happening, it's it makes it hard. And, and it makes our investigative work, so to speak, more difficult because we have to dig a lot harder uh, over the phone and on the internet, which which can be done. It t- But to yeah. me, it just takes significantly longer to get all those answers um, versus what you can get in a two or three day trip to the right show or to the right uh, conference. Okay. And those trade shows, Nick, are are super educational. Like you can see kind of how things operate and work versus just kind of reading about it and and getting a theoretical grasp. So, you know, we we do use it for that, but we kind of have a two headed monster here where, you know, we, our sales is, you know, uh, you know, process is more, uh, it's industry related and then it's account management. So we do both of those things and, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more account management heavy. But, uh, you know, one of the things that we've, we've heard about uh, over time is just that, you know, you guys need to bring us new opportunities. Our customers ask for that. And, you know, we, we were trying to figure out ways that we could do that. Now, we can always do lead generation, and we can do that from here, and we're doing that now. We're brushing up our marketing documents to make sure that they're relevant. Uh, you know, are we focusing on the right markets? Uh, things like that. And the nice thing about Intech, you know, we're nimble. You know, we can... You know, if we decide that uh, a market's not panning out or we're not getting the results that we, uh, uh, you know, that we want, we, we have another industry we can go to. And, and we've got a whole lineup of, of things that we can do. You know, we're not naive to think that we have, you know, everybody's business in every market. We don't. You know, there's other market, you know, there's, there's traditional markets that we do business in. We don't have all their business. And we can start, you know, digging into that if we want to. And, and those are the things that we're doing. Uh, you know, educating ourselves, you know, finding new places to go uh, or connecting with people we've never connected with. And, and that's, what, that's what we're doing now. But like I said, once this loosens up, we're, we're going to be ready to go. I have to think industry-wise, you know, the, the lack of trade shows has to hurt. But as far as internally, um, the inability to hop on a plane and go visit clients, customers, that, that's got to hurt, right? That's got to that's take away a key part of the business, Mike. It does, you know, like I said at the beginning, you know, we like to have the personal touch. We like to develop relationships because, you know, in our opinion, that's how business is done and that's how long-term relationships and long-term business success happens together. So it, it certainly hurts there. Where it also hurts in my estimation is, you know, Chris mentioned we have some younger sales reps and younger being just, you know, a handful of years, not a handful of months. So they're, they're developed, but a key part of developing in a, in a Teflon sales role is getting out there and seeing people, seeing their operations, seeing how things are done, uh, 
uh, you know, and really just walking a mile in their shoes as much as you can, really. So to me, that's the other part of this is, you know, we talk about developing business, but a key part of it is developing our people. And so when they can't avail themselves to the opportunity to see things with their own eyes and they have to rely on videos or pictures or things they read on, on the internet, it makes it more difficult and it's kind of slows their progression. But, but Chris keeps his, uh, he keeps them moving. He's, he's on, he's on them. You know, he does a lot to continue to develop them, but it's, I think it hurts to not be able to let them get out and see it for their own two eyes. Seeing it is one thing, but participating in it too, correct? Uh, I mean, uh, my past life, I come from the world of education. And when I see your younger guys and I see how they've grown, I can't tell you like how impressed I am that a year, two years in, people can speak to these processes and these applications. It's, it's an incredible bit of development and growth. And uh, I know that part of getting them on the road is also presenting educating, doing those things. And that, that, that is one way to really progress uh, in, in your education and research is having to present it to people. And I know you guys have a good track record of going out and presenting and, and getting on the road in front of other people. So got to be looking forward to when those opportunities are available again. Um, I've got uh, the, next, the next thing I like uh, both your responses on, if I could. And I'm going to start with you, Chris. Um, during this time, uh, what markets do you expect to grow, not in spite of COVID, but simply because we're going through COVID? Well, you know, we're in this new virtual reality. Uh, it's not new, but it's it's uh, it's more prevalent uh, than it's ever been. And, and you know, if you talk to a lot of people, that's not going away. You know, it, we're, we're going to continue to go down this path. Uh, and there's definitely demand in the semiconductor industry. Uh, we have uh, several products that are specified in that industry. And and uh, it's going to continue to grow, um, or at least you know sustain itself. So you know that's something that that uh, you know that we're focused on, and uh, you know we we have a nice product line to support that business. So that's that's one thing that I definitely see uh, you know uh, at least growing you know over over the course of uh, or or because of because of COVID, I guess we'll say. And Mike, I think you know this is I like this question a lot. And, um, and I, and I relate COVID this COVID experience a lot to 2009 when we were in the middle of a recession. And one thing we learned then that I've seen also now is that food processing goes crazy during times of recession. Uh, the reason being is people are eating more at home. So whether it's cheese manufacturing or bread manufacturing or cookies and crackers or tortillas or you name it those businesses and, and the, those parts that are used in a manufacturer of those food products, uh, they're running at top speeds and, you know, the recode business on those parts and those components are, are, are really busy. So, you know, food processing is, is one that because of COVID is really strong for us right now. Um, but I'm going to throw a couple other ones out. Uh, one that we're not really involved on in that I, an industry that I see blowing up now is alcohol. Um, you know, people are drinking their faces off during times of recession. And so, you know, alcohol, like if you look at the aluminum market, there's the aluminum market is in such short demand because 
everybody's drinking out of cans. They're not going to bars and drinking off of taps as much as they were. So like the product mix for alcohol distributors has switched because of COVID and that's trickled down to aluminum and that trickles down even to the Teflon coating world because now people who are trying to get aluminum components are having a difficult time doing it and the prices start switching around. So, you know, it has a small impact on us, but anybody involved in alcohol is, is super busy. Uh, a third one that we're starting to see a lot of now is, is um, in the cannabis world. And so it, from the extraction and processing of, of cannabis products, um, whether it's trimming or extraction world uh, type scenarios, uh, those are sticky, sticky flowers, sticky materials. And Teflon is a great solution for any of those sticking problems. So we're starting to see more and more inquiries from cannabis manufacturing segment um, because that is an essential business and it's and the sales are continuing to grow, no pun intended, uh, in as states continue to legalize either medically or recreationally. Yeah, we've seen we've seen unbelievable numbers in the cannabis world coming out of markets like California just had their strongest month ever, ever since they legalized in, in 2018. And we certainly know that alcohol is selling, especially if we're following the Phillies and, and their pitching. We'll go back to that as a minor <laughs> theme. Um, I wanted to ask you this as I'm learning more about this. Um, what's clearly evident is there's a symbiosis. There's this connection with the manufacturing world and the coding world. They're very closely linked. So I, I look at automobile sales going up, but manufacturing is bottlenecked, uh, if, if I can use that term. Um, can you speak to COVID's uh, effect on manufacturing in, in, in different markets and how that affects the coding world, Chris? Well, yeah, I, I mean, COVID had, had an effect on, on, you know, people that were heavy manufacturing, whether, you know, you have a lot of employees uh, and things like that, you know, where they're side by side, you know, we have a couple of customers that notified us of, you know, outbreaks, which affects their processing ability because, you know, you had numerous people that contracted the, the you know, the, the virus and then they, you know, they had to shut down the plant, et cetera. So, you know, High end, you know, high volume manufacturing places were definitely affected by COVID, um, and uh, you know, and they they've had to deal with that. And and again, uh, another thing, you know, what we saw in in like the textile industry, you know, obviously toilet paper and paper towels went crazy. Everybody's buying it. There was going to be a shortage, um, and you know, they utilized Teflon, uh, you know, for the for the non wovens and things like that. They were actually allowing the pieces to go past failure because they couldn't afford to take the line down to put in new, you know, new parts to have them recoded. Uh, they were just dealing with, you know, the shortcomings of not having them coded anymore, which is, which is, you know, a huge pain to them, but there was such a demand. They didn't want to stop the train. They just wanted to keep on going. So, you know, there's an effect right there of, uh, of COVID. And, uh, you know, thankfully I think we all have our toilet paper and, and paper towels and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it got a little crazy there for a while. Everybody was buying all that stuff thinking there was going to be a famine, I guess, or something, so. You know, Chris, one thing you talked about, the side-by-side -side scenario, and that's where I think a manufacturing where I've seen and heard about that, you know, the issues that impacted our our the people we sell to, our customers. But, you know, kind of the interesting part, a lot of the coding shops, people are very used to wearing respirators and masks and uh, coveralls and gloves and all kinds of things like that. So in, in a lot of times in the coding process, people are kind of spread out, you know, from where they're 
handling parts to masking to spraying to curing to QA to you know shipping and receiving they kind of have these little pods around the plant so as long as people were able to space out enough uh, which typically wasn't a problem for most of our customers to the transition to COVID really wasn't too difficult because people were already used to the safety measures and the precautions that for us, say like in our office, wearing a, a rest, wearing a mask was like a huge transition. But for them, people are used to wearing it already. So I think in, from that standpoint, as long as the space was appropriate, the transition to dealing with a COVID workspace uh, was a pretty easy transition for a lot of our customers. And Mike, if I could just elaborate on that a little bit more, that's a great point. Um, the Teflon work is done in stages, and some some of the coders were able to actually manage phases of the Teflon work uh, and you know stretch out their their work days a little bit longer, um, focus on certain aspects of the Teflon process during one part of the day, and then move it to the next phase. So you know they, they were all you know a lot of guys were really smart about it and able to to keep up with manufacturing now. Maybe a little bit of delay here and there, but uh, you know, we we heard stories about you know you know changing our workday or you know we added in a Saturday. We don't normally do that, but we did because um, you know we can't have as many people here at one time. Um, and you know, from a, a coder perspective, we didn't hear a lot about outbreaks. Uh, you know, as we did from guys the one that you know the, the higher volume manufacturing side. So. I think the coders did a really good job managing the situation. Nice. Well, I'm going to, I want to put one last question out to, to both of you. Uh, I'll start with you, Chris, and then we'll, we'll wrap up with Mike. Um, because I think the important parts here, uh, we discuss a lot of important stuff. Um, but I like to leave somebody, you know, I like to leave us with a, an optimistic view. So let's, if we can, uh, share some advice. Is there any advice uh, for your customers that you could uh, lend here? How can coders grow and, and capitalize on, on this particular moment in time? I, 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 one of the things that they can do is I, I think they need to look at one, their diversity. You know, are, am I really heavy in one specific industry? You know, um, I think some of our coders learn from that. You know, let's say you were automotive heavy when all the automotive makers, you know, closed for a period of time. I mean, that really hurt your business. So one of the things that, uh, you know, that, that they, they should be doing or are doing right now is looking at other industries where they could do business. You know, you look at how far you cast your line as a, as a company. You know, do I just service 150 miles radius or am I going, you know, across the country to do work? But look at specific industries. Uh, areas where you're not doing business, where you know Teflon is, is done. And I think that's the smartest thing guys could do because, you know, you know, Mike had alluded earlier on recession and, and how, like, you know, Teflon's fairly, at least the food industry is fairly recession-proof. Um, but, you know, it had an effect, uh, the pandemic had an effect on the food industry. Um, and we've seen it, uh, you know, directly affect hospitality and colleges and universities. I don't think we ever saw that. And, you know, if, if you were, you know, basically, you know, that, that was your industry that you were working in, you, you, you really got stung by the pandemic. And, you know, it, it definitely behooves you to look at other industries and, and find ways to, uh, to bring some, some, a little diversity in your jobs in-house, for sure. Very well said. Mike? 
I think one of the things that we tried to practice to help us capitalize on a negative situation like COVID that could be extended to our customers or to virtually any other business is really strong communication, uh, both internally with you know team meetings and and Zoom calls and conference calls and messaging and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, the internal strong foundation of communication is is huge, but then externally and is in is trying to get in touch with those that you're familiar with and maybe that you're not so familiar with to understand what's happening in their world and to help, you know, build the foundation and, and reestablish if necessary, but just continue to let people know that you're there and that you want to help in any way you can. And that when things, when, when we emerge from a situation that that foundation is already established and you're two steps ahead of your competition, hopefully. So we really, you know, this is, this is a huge part for us is, is really staying in touch internally as well as externally. Outstanding. I, I think, think it's that, important, Nick, also, uh, you know, that yeah, you, it might talk about communication is, is keeping those calls going to your customers, uh, understanding, you know, what they're going through, you know, having some empathy or sympathy with what's happening, but also, uh, you know, get a dialogue going about, you know, what, what are you seeing? You know, what, what are you guys focused on? Cause they'll ask in return. And if you get that, you know, that tit for tat going, uh, you know, that's, that's gold because, you know, as much as we try to educate our customers, they educate us as well uh, and tell us things that, uh, you know, that's going on in their world. And, and uh, it's things that, you know, we can look at and go like, Hmm, you know, they, they mentioned this industry or they mentioned this application and maybe we should look into that a little bit more, you know? And, uh, and that, that's, that's like super important to, you know, for our customers that we haven't gone away, we're still here and, and, uh, you know, let's talk about, uh, you know, ways that we could, uh, you know, benefit. Absolutely. I, I think that the, Mike mentioned, you know, moving through a negative time or negative period, um, the real tragedy would be going through that and not learning anything and, and not gaining anything. Speaking to both of you today, I'm learning about, we're adapting, we're, we're educating, we're putting greater focus on, on connecting and, and maintaining those sort of things. So it gives me a lot of hope that we're going to come out on the other side better. Uh, and that's a, that's a really, really cool thing. Uh, so I want to thank both of you for your time today and, and for your excellent, excellent give and take. I really appreciate it. Please visit intechservices.com. Learn, uh, learn a little bit more about the company, about what we have to offer. Um, and I want to thank your team who's uh, holding down the fort right now. Uh, back in Newark. And I, I look forward to doing this when we can do it in person. Uh, so uh, until next time, you guys be well. Thank you so much. Thank you.